Now, at the most, you're going to have two hours before the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines move in and make you put it back. Who mentioned anything about removing it? Did you live Tottenham for you? You plan to break into the world's largest bank, but not to steal anything. Why? Go on, Mr. Bond. Mr. Ling, the red Chinese agent at the factory. He's a specialist in nuclear fission. But of course, his government's given you a bomb. I prefer to call it an atomic de device. It's small, but particularly dirty. Cobalt and iodine? Precisely. Well, if you explode it in Fort Knox, the uh, entire gold supply of the United States will be radioactive for 57 years. 58, to be exact. I apologize, Goldfinger. It's an inspired deal. They get what they want, economic chaos in the West, and the value of your gold increases many times. I conservatively estimate... Ten times. Excuse me, girl. I know it's a bit embarrassing, but I just know some timelines on your shirt. See, I reckon you're about an eight or a nine. Maybe even nine and a half in four beers time. That blue top, sharp top you've got on is nice. Bit too much fake tan, no, but yeah, you score high. But there's just one little thing that's really, 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 really annoying me about you, you see. Yeah, yeah, like I said, you are really fit. But my gosh, don't you just know it? I'm not trying to pull you, even though I would like to. I think you are really fit, you're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it? So when I looked at you standing there with your horde, I was waiting in the queue looking at the ball, wondering whether to have a burger or chips or what the shrapnel in my back pocket could afford. When I noticed at the corner of my eye, looking toward my direction, your eyes locked on my course. I couldn't concentrate on what I wanted to order, which lost me my place in the queue I waited for, yeah. I'm not trying to pull you. Even though I would like to I think you are really fit You're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it Whoa. Hello everybody and welcome to the Nightfly Podcast My name is Dave Juskow And I am delighted to be here with you On a November 2020 edition Of the Nightfly, ladies and gentlemen We are coming to the end of the worst year that any of us who know people that are alive have ever had. You thought 2001 was bad. 2020, come to the end of one of the worst years in American history. I believe we can say it. And here we are on November, what, 3rd? Oh my God, it's election day. Hello. Right, well, I'm taping on Saturday and uh, let's get it together here. Yeah, I'm taping on Saturday. A Halloween. But what am I? What am I doing on Halloween? What's anybody doing on Halloween? What does Dave just got normally doing on Halloween? He does nothing. He does nothing. But today's election day. Today is the big day. Now I have already voted. And again, I'm taping this on Saturday. I voted last Wednesday. I had a very pleasant experience. I have to. I had to go all the way down. I live in the fifties. I had to go all the way down to the twenties to vote, but it was totally worth it. I mean, 
I told you last time my normal election place is a horrible, full of COVID place uh, with, you know, you got to cramp in an elevator. Could you take the stairs? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how they would get people in wheelchairs and old people. I mean, there's so many old people there. And you you only know how many old elder people, elderly people live in New York City on election day. That's the only time they come out. And then you see so many wheelchairs and walkers and canes and stuff. It's funny because that's the one thing old people do is they get out and vote. Uh, but, yeah, so I told you I can't be in that elevator. I'm like, let me. I got to go early, even though the lines are two to three hours long. So on Wednesday, I went down at 4 o'clock planning to sit online for three hours. Uh, Again, if you watch this Tuesday's show at 5 o'clock tonight, tonight's show at 5 o'clock on the Comedy Cellular Nightly Show, I will show you some pictures of how it went. I was online. The place is on 25th between 1st Avenue and the FDR Drive. As, you know, horrible as that be, it's like being, you know, you're on First Avenue and the New Jersey Turnpike, and that's where you're voting. I mean, what a mess. So I went down there, and I, uh, uh, right, I went down, I went, it's on 26th Street, but it turns out that the entrance is on 25th Street, and I saw the line, and I was just looking, I'm like, well, this doesn't look too bad. But again, I was planning on waiting three hours, I bought a book, I ironically bought you only live twice to read. Sean Connery is is dead today. Very sad. But he was 90. I'm surprised he was still alive. I think a lot of people thought he was already dead. But I bought this uh, You Only Live Twice to read online because I was expecting to be there for three hours and then go on my way on my usual Wednesday night that I go out and go to the bar and then go to the comedy cellar. So I got there around 4.30. The line goes from... 25th Street to from the FDR Drive to First Avenue and then up First Avenue to 28th Street. So that's three blocks of a line. I'm like, well, I can handle that. And then they're like, oh, no, no, this isn't the end of the line. You have to cross over First Avenue and go into the park <laughs> where the line extends a little further. And when when I realized you had to cross over First Avenue, I'm like, oh, my God. But again, I said, I can do this. I'm ready. All these people are doing it. I'm prepared to be online for three hours. But, folks, half hour. That's all it took. A half hour. They had it down to a science. They moved about 16 people in at a time, 10 out, and really worked it up real nice, I got to say. It was very convenient. I got my little sticker, said I voted early uh, so I could display it for all the world to see. And uh, unfortunately, I was finished by like 5.15. I'm like, well, now what do I do? I told people I'd meet them at 7. So I got a little more drunker than normal because uh, I started early. But it was fine, and everything was great, and I was really happy I voted because I was worried. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I can't do it Thursday. Thursday, it's going to rain. Thursday, maybe I'll visit my mother. I don't know. Maybe I can do it Friday. Oh, now the lines will be longer because it's stopping. I, You know, it's just like all this stuff that was going through my head and everything. But I'm just so glad I got it done. Because really, you know, you just don't know. what You didn't know what to expect this year. I mean, they were just talking about long lines, long lines. Now, I was down there today being Saturday afternoon. 
I didn't see any lines. I'm assuming it was open. I don't know. So maybe it's even better today. But I just hope everybody has voted uh, because this week, tonight, on my show, I have Olga Namer, our good friend Olga Namer. I have my good friend Elon Altman. These are two regulars. And I asked Courtney Davis to join us. She has been on the podcast. Her and Olga were on the podcast once before. They're funny together. And uh, that's who I'm going to have on the show this week. Uh, but in two weeks, in two weeks, not the 10th, but the 17th, get ready, folks. I have scheduled uh, Richard Klein, you know, our good friend Larry Dallas from Three's Company, and John Witter's, Ritter's widow from Wings and lots more problem child, Amy Yazbeck. And I have put out an offer to David Yazbeck, the... Uh, uh, the Tony-winning uh, 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 creator of The Band's Visit, Tootsie, and the forthcoming Princess Bride musical. So that will be quite the interesting show. And on the 10th, we'll have just our regular comics. I think I'm just going to ask Jessica Curson again. Maybe I asked DC Benny. Anyway, none of that is important except that you're watching the show because I'm telling you, I hope you watched it last week. I mean, if you weren't uh, intrigued by uh, Chris Regan and Alex Sulkin and Mike Rice, I thought that was a great show. I still hold the Frank Santa Padre, Rick Newman as my favorite so far, but that was a great show. You got these two great guys from Family Guy, and then Mike. We were talking about Mike's bachelor party. He's doing one day at a time. He's working with Norman Lear. I mean, it's pretty good, but, you know, it's just all about having a good time and having some laughs. And that is definitely what we did. And if you listened last week, I mean, Mike Rice telling the bachelor start, the bachelor party of me throwing the bachelor party for him. And he goes, you know, Dave, please, I'm just I'm just being honest with you. I do not want to go to a strip club. I'm like, absolutely. Dave, I'm not saying this ironically. So you'll bring me to one. And I'll be like, ah, no, I'm just I don't want to. I'm like, absolutely. I mean, it's like I, I, I you, you can't ask to not do that. You have to go, and I'm, listen, I made it like, whatever his recollection of the story was, I remember it vividly. He, We did not give him a lap dance. I'm not that kind of douchebag that's trying to make him uncomfortable. But I am the kind of person that's like, if you're putting together a bachelor party, and we don't do a nod to entering the strip club, we don't have to do anything. We just got to see some titties, as, as sexist and horrible as that sounds, because that's what a bachelor party is. That, that's all we did. We went to this horrible place in Jersey. We walked in for a half hour. We paid this woman to go talk to him. The, he was just sitting on a chair, and she talked to him, smoking a cigarette, like, say, you get it, married. That was it. There was no lap dance. There was nothing. We all had a drink, and we left because you must do the nod to the bachelor party. I did the same thing for my friend Lawrence. None of us like going to strip clubs, but you must do the traditional nod. You want a shitty one. You don't want any of those nice ones where you're going to spend time and spend a lot of money. It's got, it's the shitty ones. That's what you want. I, was, I, I found the last shitty one in New York that I was able to bring my friend Lawrence to. It was perfect. If I, Whenever I have mine, I have no idea what we're going to do because I don't want to go to the hustler thing or I don't, you know, where they're going to make you pay 50 bucks. And it's not even about the money. It's just these kind of places. You want seedy. You want bachelor party CD. You want you want Saturday Night Fever where it's a club and the girls are dancing naked on the bar. And it's again, it's not about any of that as it is just the tradition of going to a strip club so you can say 
that's what I did at my bachelor party. I mean, you have to you have to give the nod. So anyway, I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I really love doing these shows, and I talked to Liz about continuing in January after football season, and hopefully. You know, just doing a, a comedy center late night show. Anyway, tonight also election day, uh, as the sellers are having election day coverage. I will be on their election day coverage that goes from seven to midnight on at eleven fifteen. That's my scheduled spot, eleven fifteen, with some guy from Syria. I don't know. I'm really going to give him a handful about uh, anti-Semitism, but no, I'm not. But um, yeah, that's when I'm on the comedy seller election night special. So Tuesday's a big night. Obviously, there's no way. I mean, unless one of the candidates is ahead by some sick margin, there's no way we're announcing a winner this week, right? There's no way because I don't know if you, again, if you saw last week's show, when I showed the huge amount of boxes like it was like raiders of the lost ark shit there's a huge amount of wrapped up ballots in cartons that and that was just in oregon people's mail-in ballots do they are not going to have a winner for weeks it is funny that we think we're so great in america we're so technology savvy But here we are in 2020, not just 2000, 2020, manually counting ballots that people wrote in with a number two pencil. That's pretty fucked up. We're so full of ourselves. Meanwhile, we stink and we can't. And all the great scientists and all the smart minds can't figure out a better way to do this. I mean, you can't, though. It's like, I mean, I, I can't I scratch my head. Go, Why don't we just do it on the Internet? Well, we know how that works, and we know how that can be hacked, and what a nonsense that is. Oh, what a mess. And let me tell you what happened when I was at my voting place, and I, I, don't, I don't know whether I should complain. I kind of want to. My thing wasn't going in the scanner the right way. I just had to turn it down, and this woman just grabbed it from me, was looking at it, and put it back in. I'm like, whoa, whoa, I can do it. I can do it. She, she, All she had to do was say, turn it around and try again. But she grabbed it from me, was totally looking at what I did, and put it in. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. So I'm pretty pissed off about that. I might say something. But, you know, all these people are working for free. Well, they make a little bit of money. But, you know, I don't know. But still, that that's not cool. You know, you shouldn't be looking at who I'm voting for. I don't want an uproar. Uh, so I guess the question is, who did I vote for today? Well, it's funny. I go back and forth. I know if you're one of my, you know, friends from the cellar or something like that, you're just like, how can you go back and forth? How can you go back and forth? But I do. And I was pretty sure I've told you guys I was going all in on Biden, but it's funny. Once I get to the polls, I'm like, wait a minute, am I sure? Because, you know, listen, I'm hearing it from in two different ears, right? I mean, we talk about this all the time. I got 50-50 friends. I got, or or relatives or whoever they are. 50% are Trump supporters and 50% are Biden, right? I mean, this this is why, 
you know, we don't, I mean, this is the show, right? I mean, you, you listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and yell at you for voting for anybody, right? You know, even though my friends yell at me and go crazy, but we know how it is here. We've always said we're not Trump haters. We're, I mean, this particular show and me, I'm uh, not a supporter, <laughs> but I'm not a hater, but, uh, it's funny getting, you know, I hear from two sides. Well, you know, if uh, you elect him, if you elect Biden, then, you know, we're we're going to be in lockdown again. If you elect Trump, he'll open everything up. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, nobody knows. And I don't know why that's the way Trump will open everything up. Well, if Trump's going to, why doesn't he do it now? <laughs> I don't know. Or whatever. Maybe we're not supposed to. I don't know. And I really don't care. Obviously, I'm going along with whatever everybody says. But it's. It was time in my mind, uh, and it wasn't a question. It wasn't like last time where I really was. Uh, I don't know if you saw my uh, post I put on Instagram with me and Bernie, the puppet. Uh, he was like, I just go any, many, mighty mo. Uh, it's really funny, um, kind of, because he's like, are you going to let me finish? Are you going to let me finish? I'm like, yes, I'm going to try and let you finish. And, he, and he's just mocking me. Uh but last time I really was going all in on Trump. And then, of course, as you know, you already know the story. Four years ago, he cut in line. And then I'm like, you know what? Screw that. And then my pencil just went. I'm like, uh, I can't do it. And I went to Hillary. But rooting for Trump the entire night. I just couldn't do it. But this time, uh, no, he needs to go. That's my opinion. I feel um, he's handled this coronavirus absolutely horribly. Uh, do I think that, uh, if Hillary was president, that she'd handle it better? We'll never know. Maybe not. But I do know that he's handled it horribly. So with that only, I say it's time to go. And that seems fair enough. Uh, I mean that if you, if you think about it with this, horrible thing the, the the exact thing you didn't want to happen while trump was in office something like you know a national worldwide emergency uh you know and how it's been handled that should be reason enough alone to no matter who the candidate is let's give somebody else a try he didn't handle it right let's see what this guy will do that's the way i look at it uh, at least that's the way I see it. Hey. So I guess we'll see. Sure is exciting now. I don't think I'll be upset either way, but it sure is exciting to see what's going to happen. I mean, what a mess. What an absolute mess. Nothing is normal, but isn't that great? And I'll never, ever regret having Donald Trump as president because I, it was time for a shakeup. It was time. No matter what you think, things needed to be just shook to the core. What happens if we don't put one of those Wall Street, you know, those, uh, what do you call, political people in? Let's see what happens if we just put, like, a, an outsider in. Now we know what happens. We needed it. Now we know what we might not like. And then we'll try it again in another hundred years. But right now, it was necessary and it's a wonderful four-year experiment, and now it needs to end. And we need to go back to some sort of regularity, but maybe, you know, even 30, 40 years from now, we can try again. But uh, still, really, 
angry. It's just Biden. I mean, how many times are I going to tell you people, scour the globe. Find somebody to beat him. Why are you settling? Are you saying there's nobody in your party, Democrats, that you trust at all? No one. It's fucking sad. So God knows what's going to happen in 2024. You know, it's going to be somebody we've never heard of before. I would like Al Franken to give it another try, but that's me. That's me. Um, so, yes, that's our story. Uh, Tuesday show, right? We talked about that. That is the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. I hope you're all watching. I'll tell you, I went off the um, Nutrisystem diet for a week, a week and a half. I told you that. Because uh, mostly, uh, you know, I would have probably started again this last Monday. But remember, I went to Wolfgang Steakhouse with Lee and Laura. Let me tell you something. So I went. Well, first of all, on Sunday, you know, I finally found a, a girl to go to um, get sushi with Sunday, you know, so I could leave the house. And right after the games at 430, I, I left the house. I was already an hour. I was like, oh, why did I make dinner at 530? I should have made it at five. I was like, I was just walking around like, oh, what do I do? And I met my friend Jordan, and uh, we went down to this sushi place or this Japanese restaurant. It was like downstairs by Penn Station. It was downstairs in like a basement. I'm like, are you sure this is cool? And um, you know, we got there. They took our temperature. We had to fill out a form, all that kind of stuff. And uh, But we had a great time, and it was great. And I'll tell you the best part about it, though, is that every time I'd go to a sushi restaurant, they sque- they would squeeze you in, and the tables would be right next to somebody. You know, they had dividers because of the virus. And I'm like, this is goddamn sweet magic because, you know, they were, so now the tables aren't that close together and you don't get the one douchebag who I always get. Maybe I told it on the Tuesday show or something who always is coming by himself and sitting next to, so he knows he's listening to our conversation. So these dividers are great. Thank God for this virus. Maybe it'll stay like that forever. Those sushi places were really packing you in. It really used to make me upset because I would always get high before I go and I can't handle being with all these people knowing full well somebody's listening to our conversation. And we have very interesting conversations. Anyway, I get to the place and I see a frozen beer machine, a frozen beer Sapporo machine. And I'm like, gee, I kind of want to try that. I was almost going to talk to the girl in the back, but she just looked angry. And I was going to say, how is that? So when we got there, the guy, I said, I want some sake. And the guy goes, well, you want to try a frozen beer? And Jordan goes, I'll try it. And I'm like, oh, she's going to try it. I don't, I don't want oh, I'll try it too. So we got it. And it's it just comes in a mug of beer, but with the frozen thing on top, like a, like a Slurpee, like a little on top. Like it looked like whipped cream. And it was so funny because we tr- both tried it at the same time. And we're like, oh, my God, this is awful. It was awful. It was just like you would think frozen beer would taste like. It is not good. So the first tasting of just like, you know, tasting like the top of your Slurpee was awful. But then once you can get to the side and it was just frozen, then it was okay. But yeah, there's no like sweetness added to it. It's it's an awful plan. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a great gimmick. I'd probably get it again because it looks so appetizing, especially in the summer. But it was okay. We didn't have another one. I think we just had the regular... Did we have another one? I think we, I don't remember. But um, yeah, we had a really nice time. 
and I walked her home because, you know, I love water. And then I walked all the way back to my house because, you know, I ate too much. So, no, the walking is key. And it didn't rain, which was perfect because I thought it was going to rain and really ruin my good time. Uh, but it didn't. I was just so grateful. I had somebody to go out. And I'll tell you, it just made my whole week better. Leaving the house on Sunday and then, you know, just not being a slave to football is just the greatest thing I can do. And uh, that was perfect. And then on Monday, we went to Wolfgang Steakhouse. Me, Lee, and Laura, you know, the three of us always go once a year, usually the Friday after Thanksgiving. But uh, we couldn't believe it was open. They had it outside. They had a little fire pit, like a thing, like a bunch of coals on fire or something. It was nice. It was like a little tent. But every time a car goes by as fast, you hear the tent whipping. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. But it was a, another pleasant evening, you know, like about 60. I was able to take my jacket off. Um but it was fun and good and the food was perfect and it was just like being indoors and it's there is something to when you're always eating indoors somewhere and then you eat outside one time it is kind of exciting and that the where they are located was okay you know it's an okay area but here was the problem and this keeps happening to me all the time now granted before we got there we got hot Laura, you know Laura's like you better bring wheat and I'm like, yeah, all right, because I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to smoke or not. I was having trouble breathing, but that's just a panic attack. Uh, so we bought some, we, we smoked like yeah, two hits before we went in because it's fun. Because that's usually they come to my house, we have a drink, we get a little high, and then we walk over there. That's usually the plan, but obviously they can't do that anymore. So, uh, you know, we got, we got a little high, so which is fine. So I think Lee got too high or something because. When we got there, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a glass of wine. I decided I'd have a glass of wine because I was having a panic attack at the house, which I'm getting late. Like, I can't catch my breath all the way, you know? And I know that's just a panic attack because my niece has it, and she's too young to be having any heart problems. So, uh, you know, I know it's a panic attack. I just know it. So... I, uh, so, right, I said, I have a, so the guy comes over, can I get you guys to drink? And I'm like, yeah, can I get a glass of wine? And he's like, uh, Merlot? And I'm like, sure, sure, because I, I don't know anything about wine. And then uh, I'm like, thanks. And he's like, anybody else want anything? And then Lee just goes, we're ready to order. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're ready. We know what we want. We're ready. And I'm like, what, the, what you know, and this happened. What, what happens every time I go to Wolfgang's with a tell? Same fucking thing. We're ready to order now. Can we order now? And then and and he's got to go. And then we want to order. Okay, we'd like a lot of appetizers. We're gonna. And I'm like, well, can't. And then when I'm with my sister, you know, even at the diner with my mother, like we're ready to order now. I'm like, can I just get a cup of coffee first? Why am I the only one? Why is you know crazy Dave Juskow who probably should be on Adderall or whatever, who when he goes to a restaurant wants to relax. And enjoy the the pleasure of of eating slowly and and eating out and and somebody who's high he's like who still wants to just take a breath. Hey, let's order a drink. What's the rush? You said you had a babysitter. What do I, you know? I understand when there's kids at home and stuff, but we've done this a hundred times. What is the rush? Can I can I have a sip of the wine first and then we can order? They're not that busy. Well, I mean, it tells crazy. I've told you that already. My sister's always in a rush. I never know why. Her kids are all grown up, so I don't know what she's doing. I mean, maybe she's starving, but still, I 
I like to have a drink first. I mean, that's that's what the protocol is. Can I get you guys some drinks? We talked about this the other day at that at the brunch place. The protocol is you get some drinks first, you have a conversation, and then you order. You look at the menu while you're having a drink. That helps me decide, especially at a diner. I got. I want to have a cup of coffee first, then I want to make my decision. Let me have my cup of coffee first, then I can make a rational decision what I want to eat. And is it that bad? Am I in that much of a rush? We're supposed to have a leisure dinner. What's, he, what's Lee rushing us for? And then he couldn't decide. He was so high, he didn't even know what he was doing. I'm like, ugh, we should have waited just two minutes. Laura had to take over the ordering. I know we know what we wanted. We talk about it the night before because we get so excited about it. But why can't I just, I know they weren't drinking, but why I can't have like a just a glass of wine for a second. Those appetizers come out really quickly. You know, it's very easy to bring out shrimp cocktail and salad. So I just, again, I was just like, ugh. What is it with the people I'm going out with? I mean, at least Jordan was cool. Like, yeah, hey, let's have a drink. Then we'll all, maybe maybe we'll order. And she's 25. Why are these old people rushing? I don't understand. I thought it was supposed to be the other way around. You know, I would picture a 25 year old be like, "Hey, uh, let's order because I want to get out and want to watch." The, because she, quite frankly, she was like, "I want to get out here because I want to watch the game." She's a big Cardinals fan, so she wanted to get out and watch this. She's like, well, as long as I'm home by 820, because they moved the game, so we're able to go, and this is the Cardinals' bye week, so this is the last week we can go. But she's not even rushing me. She's not even rushing. Oh, we're okay. Why are the older people rushing me? Where are they going? I don't understand the whole point. I mean, I rush and eat when I'm at home by myself for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, if you're if you're going out to dinner, the point of going out to dinner is to sit there, have somebody, have a slave bring it to you, you know? That's the point. I'm not cooking dinner tonight. I'm going out. I'm going to, I'm going to order people around, and I'm going to tell them to bring me stuff, and I'm going to sit there like a fucking king and tell them to bring me stuff. I'm going to give them money so I can relax and not have to lift a finger. And I'm just going to sit here, have conversation, and enjoy my meal. I don't understand why I'm the only person that gets that. When my nephew used to be like, can we go? Can we go? I get it. When you're 13, when you're 14, when you're 15. I I mean, this took me a long time to figure out, let's relax. I mean, I definitely probably 40 until I figured it out. That's why I can't understand why all my friends in their 40s or 50s are rushing to do the ordering or have dinner. I don't understand it. It's really pissing me off. Especially now when the rarity of going out to dinner is special. You know? Fuck. You know, and I'm having trouble because, you know, I went off the Nutrisystem diet, and after Wednesday, I knew I had no plans. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, until dinner on Sunday, Monday, until Tuesday, I got no plans. I mean, it's messed up. I wake up, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, well, I guess I'll watch TV. I'll watch an hour of TV. I'll turn it off. And I'm like, now what am I going to do? I'll go. I'll sit at the computer. Maybe I'll make some emails. I I, I mean, 
I'll prepare for next Tuesday's show. I, I, what, and what, for what purpose? What am I, what am I going to do to make money? I don't know. So I'm doing nothing. I don't have plans to go out, but nobody does. I don't have, I don't have plans to see anybody. I mean, I guess we're all doing the same thing. I don't know, but if some people work, I guess I just have nothing to do. So the good thing about the Nutrisystem was again, at least that's something to do every day. You know, I had a, I had a, a plan. Um, well, I have to eat breakfast and then I have to have the shake and I'll work out. So I haven't worked out. I haven't taken my vitamins because I'm off this plan. And then it was problematic trying to figure out how to eat. I'm like, you know, well, let me, I don't want to eat badly just because I'm off the system. I, I got to figure something out, but that's becoming a dilemma. Because that's, again, what made the Nutrisystem so great. Everything is regulated. I know exactly what I'm having for lunch. I know exactly what I'm having for dinner. I come off the show on Tuesday night. I'm like, now what do I do? What what should I eat? Should I order a treat? Or do I just order something normal and healthy? I, I, I can't. God, I'm having so much trouble. So then I'm like, well, maybe I'll cook. Thursday, you know, I'll make one of those old dishes, but maybe I could use cauliflower rice instead of regular rice. And then it was like pouring and raining. I'm like, I don't want to go to the store. I do not want to go to the store. So I don't even know what I ordered. It's not, I know it's not good. I mean, last night, thank God, I ordered like a chicken salad sandwich. That's not horrible. I mean, I was like patting myself on the back that I didn't order ribs or chicken, you know, or fried chicken or you know, something big, because I think the night before I ordered something. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had a I had a quart of fried rice by myself. It was delicious. <laughs> but rice is the complete enemy, I think, just for carbs and weight gain. And then I've been having bowls of cereal for dessert like the old ways. So I probably put back on all that weight I lost. Well, maybe minus five pounds, so maybe I probably put on another 10 pounds. Meanwhile, Jordan lost 30 pounds, she told me. 30 fucking pounds. So I said, well, you look terrific. She's like, yeah, I lost a lot of weight in COVID. She was like in Arizona or something, in Utah. She's like doing a lot of hiking and stuff. That's the thing I cannot do here. Man, walking around here in Manhattan sucks. We know riding the bike sucks for exercise purposes. Ugh. Just got to get out of here. But then I realized there's nowhere to go because I saw some rentals and I'm like, oh, maybe I should move. Well, how am I going to get a place? What am I going to tell my job is? I got, I got no money coming in. I got no money. I mean, it's like, oh, it's okay. Uh, the government will sign for it. I have <laughs> on unemployment. I still am okay with I mean, I still figure something's going to work out. But now, as you know, you know, the, the time is changing. You know, that makes me crazy. Right now, I'm looking out the window. It's about 5 o'clock. And, you know, by this time, t- I'm taping on Saturday. By this time tomorrow... It'll be dark, and that is depressing. But today was a nice sunny day. Anyway, um, the point is I'm going back to the new. By the time you are listening to this, I'll be back on the Nutrisystem diet. I still have a month of food left that I will start the 28 days on Monday, and I'm like, oh, I should have something great tonight, but, you know, maybe I will. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I And then, you know, I'm like bloated again and stuff. It's so noticeable. And then I'm like, well, I guess that'll be it. But my friend Joe is like, you should just keep doing it. Even though it's $350 a month, 
but what am I spending if I if I was to cook and go back to what I was doing, I was definitely spending a hundred dollars a week for groceries. Now let's say that's even a week and a half. So right there, there's three hundred dollars for the month. And once in a while I was ordering in. So it really is the same. It just seems like a lot in the moment. So maybe I'll keep it up because I love the regulation of the food and knowing what I'm going to eat. So again, like I said, even if I wasn't losing weight, I just like knowing what I'm going to eat. I know they have those things where you can actually order food and stuff, but I think those are actually more pricey. So I don't know, but ugh, it was like, it was like driving me crazy and I can't make a decision on anything. So I was going back and forth. Wait, should I order? If I order Chinese, all right, then I'm having rice. But what if I didn't? I, I don't know what to order. My mind is such a mess. I mean, I need a nutritionist or, you know, wouldn't it be great to have some money and get a nutritionist, to get a trainer? Who was I talking to that had all that stuff? I was so jealous. Oh, I know. It was this girl um, that I just asked to be on the show Amanda Gale, that was her name. She told me she had a nutrition, but she has a job. She told me she has a nutritionist and a trainer, and I'm like, oh, that's like my dream. But it's going to work out, right? We've already decided it's going to work out. Everything's going to be worked out. I'll tell you what's really a mess is that, thank God, people, I'm just going to tell you right now, I just heard Lark Voorhees is coming back to Save by the Bell, the reboot. So there's nothing to worry about. She just said, I'll be back. Because I was worried. I know everybody is back but Screech, but nobody wants Screech there anyway, so it's a smart move. They all look really good. Very excited. I'll probably watch that. How, what have you guys been watching? Have you been watching anything what I told you? I just finished Julie and the Phantoms. It is pretty gay because it's a kid's movie. It's like High School Musical. But I did enjoy it. It's nine episodes. I didn't love it as much as I liked some other things. There's some things that are annoying about it, and it's probably just... Just how gay the guys are, I guess. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I, I know that sounds horrible, but and that lead girl who's I know 15. I'm like, wait, is she pretty? Is she not pretty? I can't tell. I think her friend is pretty. I know I'm not supposed to you're not supposed to talk about it, but, you know, I'm right about everything. They all grow up to be hot. Um, So but and she's also annoying. I was like, is she a good actress? But she's a really good singer, assuming I'm assuming they don't dub her. You know, why would you? I'm sure you can find somebody who can act and sing. She's not a great actress, but she's a good singer, if that's her. Um, So, I'm looking forward to the next season. I like the premise. Julie and the Phantoms. Remember, it's a girl who can only be... She sees these ghosts that were in a band, and they ate a bad hot dog, and that's how they died. And now people can only see them when they're playing. And it's kind of fun... Because it's like Julie and her hologram band. That's what they call it. So everybody thinks she's figured out this hologram. And these guys are playing somewhere else. And she's just a master at holograms. And they just appear. And it is exciting. Every time I'm like, oh, <laughs> like people in the show. But of course, it's stupid. But it's working. I mean, it's something to watch, right? I mean, think about what I was watching last night. I just got high. And I was watching the monsters first, which was hilarious. I mean, that was just that show is so funny. But they fortunately had a Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, you know, for Halloween, a marathon. They were showing all the uh, the marathon 
uh, the the Halloween episodes. And I saw one. I don't, I don't think it was a Halloween episode. It was just a regular one where she was older. And I remember it was so funny because I saw it was the was it the first one of the sixth season? No, that was a different one. Anyway, it was some episode in one of the seasons, and it was an all Martin Mull episode, right? But it was <laughs> it was directed by Melissa Joan Hart, right? And um, it was uh, sorry, my Amazon went off. Oh crap! I said the word. All right, it didn't hear me. Um, so it was directed by her, and I looked it up, and she was twenty four at the time when she was directed. And Martin Mull was my age, so can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, I'm sure she was nice and everything, but can you imagine you're Martin Mull? For me, it would be different. But you're Martin Mull. You've invented this character. You've been on. You know, you had this talk show which was legendarily comedic epic called you know fernwood tonight and america tonight and then you're you know you're just you're martin mull and in some circles you're like david tell and you're friends with all these you know guys these brilliant comics and you've paid your dues only to be directed by a child i know she was 24 but it's just i don't know why i could just Wish I could see. I wonder if they're on YouTube or anything. Her directing, like Martin. Um, I'm gonna need a little more here. You need to be funnier. You're not doing it funny enough. Now, I've never heard anything about her being a bitch or anything because, but you know, she had an ironclad. Her and her mother had an ironclad fist around that sitcom, that series. It lasted seven years, and everybody stayed with it. Um, I, I mean, I really, we should have Caroline Ray on the show, which I think is doable that we can ask her all these questions. Um, but I mean, how does it not remind you? And I don't have the best sound quality here of this. Now, do one more and we pick up the pace a little bit. All right, Kevin? You know, Jerry, I would love to. Except how can I when she is just so late on her cues? Now, just a minute. Jerry. Please marry her. Please. I don't have to take that, Jerry. Especially from that little... That kid, little... he is just a kid, Marion. Even a kid can be courteous, Jerry. I'm going to quit. Please, I Marianne. swear it, I am I'm going to quit. Pleading. All right, Jerry. Okay, but I have had it. Well, is everything straightened out? We are ready whenever you are. Doesn't it look like I am ready? I am always ready. I have been ready since first call. I am ready. I'm sorry the sound quality wasn't good I just taped it off the TV And um, it was awesome (laughs) That's what I picture Melissa Joan Hart directing Like um, You know I would love to If she wasn't so late on her cues Again I have to apologize About the sound quality But um, Yeah That was hilarious I couldn't even believe it You know and then what makes you feel more awful than that? If you're 56, you're sitting there, you're just getting high. You got no plans for the future. You got no plan. You're just sitting there eating, watching TV. And this 24-year-old kid 20 years ago was directing a television episode. Man, if you want to feel bad about it, 
Well, that's the way to do it. But then what the hell am I watching that show for anyway? It serves me right. But I've just been watching TV, right? So I finished, uh, I watched Borat, which I enjoyed very much. Yes, it's not as good as the first one. There's something missing, but there's a lot of good parts to it. Some of it's gross, of course, Um, but it's good. The girl that plays the daughter was good. And there's a lot of stuff you, you know, would miss. Maybe a second viewing would help. But, of course, his commitment to um, fighting for the cause, fighting for the Jews, showing anti-Semitism, that's what could even be more important in um, making a movie like this at this moment in 2020, which makes him just uh, awesome in any way. I don't like. I, I I don't think he was doing it. Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm talking about who again I've met, and is just one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Him and his wife, and obviously very bright and intelligent. And I don't think for a second that he did is the kind of guy that did this movie for money. I think he's set for life. I think he did it. He's like I got to bring Borat back. I got to show the injustice in the world. I, we have to make sure we let everybody know that there's still so much anti-Semitism out there, you know, because we do hear about Black Lives Matter every day. And we also hear how the black people don't care for the Jews very much, how they think they're a bit much and how the two-faced of these um, these uh, protests, the two-facedness of it, is uh, kind of turned away and not talked about. And I've I've talked about it here. Obviously, there are two NFL players who got slaps on the wrist for saying anti-Semitic things. But if a uh, you know one of the players mentions something that could be considered or construed racist, they get fired immediately. A uh, black wise or whatever. Uh, and there is a definite double standard here. So. Thank goodness for Sasha Baron Cohen fighting for the cause. And uh, he's a good man. So I was it was my pleasure to support Borat, the new Borat. And uh, there is a lot of good stuff in it. Also, last night I was watching that that MASH episode that I like so much called uh, with Adam's ribs because it always it's a perfect thing to watch to eat dinner with because, you know, all he wants is an order of ribs from Adam's ribs. And what he has to do in the MASH episode, if you remember that one, to get an order of ribs sent to Korea while he's in the war. He's fed up with the food. He's like, come on, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to I'm gonna put everything I have to order these ribs. And you know what the best part is, too? And I think we talked about this about a year ago when it was on again, is that McIntyre is the one that knows he slept with a girl in a one-nighter, maybe a two-nighter, you don't know, in Chicago once, who he's able to call and say, hey, baby, how you doing? Yeah, I'm in Korea. I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> and that just shows you what a ladies' man he was. I mean, what, what kind of, you know, Sam Malone could pull that shit off, like, you know, calling a girl he once slept with to ask her for a favor. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> but, um, it, and he, and she's like, she got to pick up a carton of ribs and then bring it to the, uh, the airport at the Air Force Base, and you got to pay for it, and then he's going to send you a check. Now, that is uh, when you're pretty secure with yourself. Of course, she does call him Big John, so we know exactly. Uh, I don't know. That's what makes that episode more fun as well. 
but it's really great. And then, of course, the ribs get uh, caught up in uh, legal paperwork. They're in Korea, but they can't get them out until this one guy who they need to kind of like say, um, come on. And he's like, what are you talking about? Adam's ribs? Because he's from Chicago. So he knew it. He goes, uh, how about you give me uh, 20 pounds? And because I think they ordered 40 pounds, 20 pounds and a quarter sauce. Uh, 10 pounds and uh, an eighth of sauce, whatever it is. Wait, you didn't get any coleslaw? I mean, I remember this episode as a kid. You didn't get the coleslaw? I forgot the coleslaw. I just remember it as a kid, Adam's Ribs. I wonder if that place even existed for real. But that was on last night, so that was fun. That's all I watched last night. And, uh, yeah, I just figure I'd tell you what I'm watching because... Again, you know, we're all looking for stuff to watch. So I guess I'm going to try that Queen's Gambit. I love chess movies. I know it's weird. I don't, can I be honest with you? I don't like that it's a girl. And I like when guys are in it. All right. But I know I'm going to like it. I know it's sex. I'm sorry. I got to get used to this stuff. I like it when it's a guy. Because, because, man, I'm a guy. So I like to see movies about Things that could have been me or something. You know what I'm saying? That's because they, so what are you, what are you, what are you going to do? But I also like movies about women. Everybody knows that. Please, please. You know what? Screw you guys. Because really, I, what, do I not love Legally Blonde and Devil Wears Prada and stuff? So please, I love, I, I'm also into, I'm just telling you, I'm being honest. Thank you. Anyway, I'm sure I'm still going to like it. Anyway, I also saw, now that I remember it, on HBO Max, The Undoing, because obviously I will watch anything Hugh Grant is in, and it's Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, and I'm watching, and I'm like, come on, what's going to happen? And then it got good. And it got good up to the hour, and I'm very excited to see this week's episode. So that is actually, so far, so good. little murder mystery, and uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I am recommending it. The Undoing on HBO Max. I'm almost finished with that show Woke as well. I have one more episode left. That got pretty good. So, you know, again, if you guys have anything you think I should see, I would really appreciate it too. I'm always looking for stuff. The Mandalorian, I can watch the second season now. That was really terrific. So I'm excited about that. Um in the news today, uh, there's two things I wanted to talk about. The first one is they bought the fan, you know, which is the sports station I listen to because I love live, as you know, live stuff that goes on 24 hours a day. Well, they bought this idiot Craig Carton back, and it's pissing me off, and I might have to move to ESPN and listen to Michael K from now on because I really hate this guy, Craig Carton. Now, he was arrested and put in jail for like a a year or two for a gambling. He had a gambling addiction and um, he was, uh, I I don't remember what he was doing. It was, it was bad. It was, uh, he had like a scam, you know, and he, he was, I'm trying to think what it is. He was doing a fraud, fraud, federal fraud charge. He was being arrested, right? And he's making his debut on November 9th, but he was on a week ago and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, Now, Let's look at this. I don't. I guess they're bringing him back because then they get you know ratings, they get noise, whatever. And he was a, a an important part of their show. I never wanted to see this guy again because he's a douchebag. But 
Does he deserve a second chance? Of course he does. If you go to jail, you do your time, you're rehabilitated, you get a second chance. That's the way it should be. I'm saying, now there's a lot of people that are furious, especially a lot of DJs that aren't getting those second chances. Like, why him? Why him? So people are mad. But again, you can't be mad at In fact, Craig Carton's a dick and he's like, hey, you had five years to get better and you never did. That's what he's saying. I mean, this guy's such a douchebag. It's unbelievable. And, but again, you know, that's, you know, he should get a second chance. I just wish it wasn't on this station that I listen to all the time. And the reason is, again, because he is a douchebag. So I don't like him. I used to like him on the morning show until I found out from two very close friends who worked with him that he is a douchebag. And when I heard the stories that they told me about him, it makes me so angry. He is not a nice person. And that is the reason he should not be excelling because he's a dick. So that's just making me mad because that's the station I listen to. If he goes somewhere else, who cares? But it's just, I wasn't even going to talk about it because it's bothering me so much. It's just that I had to let you know as a person, he's just a complete tool and he's very rude and mean to anyone else he's working with. And that for me is an issue. Plus, he's got a gambling problem and that station is fucked up because, you know, they, you know, I gamble. We all know that. But that station is advertising all the gambling you could possibly imagine, especially DraftKings, MGM. They got gambling shows now, which I've been trying to pitch for years. I'm like, come on, let's do it. Now they finally do it. And then, of course, at the end, if you at the end of the advertisement, if you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred. I'm like, oh god, you guys are such full of shit. You want us to call you get a gambling problem? You're telling me to download your fucking gambling app, and then you're like, if you have a problem, it's such two faced bullshit. Stop with that shit. If you got a gambling problem, you're going to figure it out. DraftKings has to put on an announcement. If you got a problem, I mean, that's where you go to the app. They say, if you got a problem, oh, you're already screwed. Good God, the nerve of that. Two-facedness, it drives me insane. And, I mean, do I get a gambling problem? Yeah, I got a gambling problem. But I've I've been very good about it this year, thank God. I mean, my key is to not bet on other things during football. So you're only doing NFL. And today was no exception, folks. Normally, I've been going out to my mom's. I bet when I'm in Jersey. But today, I wasn't going to my mom's. So I took the motor scooter to the ferry. And I went to the ferry, but I went in the ferry upstairs. So I still have not been in a taxi, Uber, bus, or subway, or even boat indoors. I'm trying to go at least till the end of the year, see if I can make it, you know? Still, I have to get into one. So I went to Hoboken, went on top. It was a beautiful day. I mean, beautiful day. I took some photos. You can see them tonight. And uh, and then I went down and went to visit. Uh, I had to go see my old book. I'm still trying to pay them off. So I had to take the, the cycle down to the East Village to drop off some money from the old days. I'm not betting. I'm paying off my debt with them, which is good. And then I came back here and I was on the uh, Revel motorcycle for an hour and it only cost me 20 bucks. That's pretty good. 
That's pretty good. You know, on that thing for an hour, and it was only $22. And I drove all the way from the water all the way to the down to the, I, like from the Lincoln Tunnel to the Brooklyn Bridge to the Queensboro Bridge. That's pretty good. But uh, I love doing it. What are you going to say? I mean, listen, again, I know gambling's bad, but it got me out of the house. I got to look at it that way. At this point, I hadn't left the house in three days. Since I came home on Wednesday, I never left the house again. Thursday and Friday, it was miserable weather, raining. I couldn't wait for today. I knew it was going to be nice and bright, and tomorrow I'll leave the house. Monday, I'll stay in. Tuesday, I'll stay in. Wednesday, hopefully, I'll leave again. My God. And I mean, I love staying in, but you got to get out and walk. Well, Monday, I'll get out because I'll be exercising again because I'll be on the program. The other piece of news, this is hilarious. Governor Cuomo, who's an idiot. I mean, really, he sucks. I don't know why everybody's like, oh, he's great. He's not. Apparently, one of his security guards and a state trooper dated his daughter. And he had him transferred to the highest part in New York State you can go that's not Canada. The Governor Cuomo was so angry that this guy was dating his daughter and clearly sleeping with her. He had him transferred. It's just like in the movie Stripes where they transfer John Larroquette to Alaska. (laughs) It's the same thing. He had him transferred to pretty much Alaska, the highest level of New York State you could go in the middle of nowhere without being in Canada. That is hilarious. I couldn't believe it wasn't a comedy article, but I think it was. I mean, the, the... uh, the headline, Trooper Dates Governor's Daughter is Transferred Near Canada. Cara Kennedy Cuomo. She's kind of sexy. Well, of course she's going to date her thing. I mean, haven't you ever seen First Daughter? Isn't that Ma- Ma- Mandy Mandy Moore? Isn't there a couple movies where the president's uh, security detail starts dating the president's daughter? <laughs> Isn't that the way it works? I don't know. For me, that was uh, that was hilarious. And I think for you, too. What's funnier than dating the governor's daughter? I mean, if that happened to me, that's the only way it would be funnier. And he, he, he sentences you to Nome, Alaska. I bet you I don't think he'll be voting for Governor Cuomo again. I don't think you can. I assume his term is over. And how about what a dick de Blasio is? Can you imagine this guy? I don't know if you heard any of this, but the, the we have a new owner for the Mets. Thank God this guy's, I think his name's Steve Cohn. And he's a big Mets fan and he's bloated. He's a trillionaire maybe. And he just bought the Mets and it's going to be beautiful. I mean, beautiful. The Wilpons were a bag of shit. They got scammed by Bernie Madoff and it never got better. And I just don't think they care. I mean, this would be like if, you know, if this guy who owned the Jets and it's beautiful. You know, when you have an ownership that's really into owning the team and they just want the best things for them, unlike the Jets, um, it's really terrific. So this is great. So, you know, maybe the Mets can at least, you know, have a chance. But Bill de Blasio was trying to block the move. Yeah. The mayor of New York City was trying to block the move. Why would he do that? 
we had, there's been rumors that it was a he was a friend of A-Rod's and because A-Rod wanted to buy the Mets, he was trying to block the move. This mayor, as if he could be any more of a douchebag, especially during the virus, he was also trying to block the sale of the Mets? Who the fuck is this guy? This guy cannot get out of office fast enough for everyone in this town. He has been one of the worst mayors in the history of New York City. And that is saying something. But it, I mean, to block the sale of the Mets, for what? He said, oh, there's criminal activity. Because there was apparently people in his firm that did criminal activity, but wasn't him. Oh, my God. I mean, come on. Please. Really? Wow. Can you believe that? That's a thing. You probably didn't hear about it. That was a thing. Have you ever heard about it that in your life? Well, anyway, it didn't, you know, he wasn't able to stop it. And this guy finally bought the Mets as of yesterday. So that's so crazy. Man, if you hated de Blasio before and you're a Mets fan, then you definitely hate him now. And he's just horrible at his job. Again, I'm sure he is a delightful person. In person. And if he was here right now on the podcast, I would be kissing his ass because he's probably a nice guy. Unlike Craig Carton. But he's a horrible mayor. I'm sure that's what people would say about me. I love Josgow. He's great. But he's the worst Manhattan Borough president we've ever seen. Um, We have to play this scene. Why do Chinese girls taste different from all other girls? You think we better, huh? No, just different. Like Peking duck is different from Russian caviar, but I love them both. Darling, I give you very best duck. Well, that'd be lovely. We have had some interesting times together, Ling. I'd be sorry to go. I mean, how are we not going to play that? How are we not going to play that? Sean Connery died today, this being Saturday, and it is sad, but he was 90 he lived an unbelievable life. Sure, he was miserable and angry for most of it. I mean, can you imagine this guy? He was so angry that he was James Bond. He's, oh, I never should have done that. I mean, come on. <laughs> that would be like me being angry that I got a part on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Well, it's not the Melissa Joan Hart version. So, I mean, Jesus Christ. He was so angry. But he was so good. I mean, so I mean, what did we play this uh, a month ago, Tops? We here at the Bank of England, Mr. Bond, are the official depository for gold bullion, just as Fort Knox, Kentucky, is for the United States. We know, of course, the amounts we each hold. We know the amounts deposited in other banks. And we can estimate what is being held for industrial purposes. Now, this enables the two governments to establish, respectively, the true value of the dollar and the pound. Consequently, we are vitally concerned with unauthorized leakages. I take it you mean smuggling. Yes. Gold, gentlemen, which can be melted down and recast, is virtually untraceable, which makes it, uh, unlike diamonds, ideal for smuggling, attracting the biggest and most ingenious criminals. Thank you, Bunsel. Uh, that'll be all. Thank you, sir. Have a little more of this uh, rather disappointing brandy. Well, what's the matter with it? I'd say it was a 30-year-old fiend indifferently blended, sir. With an overdose of bonbois. Colonel Smithers is giving the lecture, 007. Ah, what a classic. 
well, he will be missed, of course, but we haven't seen him in a long time. But he, you know, we have his work to remember him by, and his James Bond is unbelievable, and the franchise is still going because of Sean Connery. And, you know, it's funny in the 80s when he finally got rid of the Bond moniker. That's why you'd think he'd be happier. And he got his Oscar, which he was completely deserving of, and they stood when he won. Remember, we talk about this all the time. In 1980, he won for The Untouchables, which he was great, best supporting actor. And they stood, they stood, they stood because, you know, that's when you stand. That's when you fucking stand. We talk about this all the time. Are you standing because of a body of work or are you standing because of performance? Now, we've said the only performance I know where people stood so far, because I just can't think at the top of my head. I don't think it's ever happened. It was Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lamb. They stood for the performance. But Al Pacino, he won. They stood for the body of work. And this one they stood. They stood because, man, it is hard. Maybe not nowadays, but back then, when you would think about actors that were in TV shows, you know, the fact that Robin Williams was able to win an Oscar after playing Mork, you know, it was very difficult to become a movie star from a TV star. So to shake off the legendary and the thing that meant so much to people and the iconicness of James Bond and not shake it off. But remember, he had to wait about 20 years later to be taken in a different light. They stood for that, to keep going, to not say, I'll just keep trying, I'll keep trying, to keep going and and persevering and say, I know I'm a really good actor, I can do better, I can not be James Bond and still be good. That's why they stood, and that's a miracle. Because, you know, Daniel Craig will probably, I mean, he's obviously hard to work with, I guess, but he'll get work. He's He's been in a couple of things that are very good that I like a lot, but I probably like it because he's James Bond. So what's wrong with that? I watched every Sean Connery movie because he's James Bond. I watched, I watched any Daniel Craig thing that he's in because he was James Bond. I watch every Christopher Reeve movie because he was Superman. So is that a downside for me? No. But I guess he didn't know at the time that there were people like me. Wouldn't we? Don't we watch anything Mark Hamill is in or Harrison Ford because of who they are to us and how much they mean to us? He was thinking about it the wrong way. And I think a lot of other people do too. They don't seem to get it. I'll watch anything they're in and I'll think they're a good actor because they did this one thing that meant so much to me. It's interesting that he didn't get it. And maybe he got it later. I mean, I don't know how you can't get it after you win an Oscar for a different role, but he just seemed very angry, but I guess that was his personality anyway. But yeah, it's funny when you think about that, Christopher Reeve, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill He's not a very good actor. Neither was Christopher Reeve, but it didn't matter to me. And, you know, I don't I don't know what Mark Hamill's deal was, why he didn't get more work. I mean, I know he, he was stuck. He was stuck and he got, you know, he's, he's better off now and he's I think he's at peace with himself. But 
and why Harrison Ford should get more work. I mean, he's not that great an actor either. It's just we fucking love him. He's cool. He's the epitome of cool because he's Han Solo and because he's Indiana Jones. I feel the same way about Sylvester Stallone. I don't care what he's in. He's a bad actor, but who cares? I watch anything that guy's in. Fucking Rocky and Rambo. And that means something to a lot of people. And if it's not girls, then it's definitely little boys who grow up on stuff like that, you know, and, and how much those things mean to them. And and you have to, you know, remember that when you're older and and and, and an icon, that it is not a curse because it means so much. I mean, look at our favorite movie, my favorite year, you know, one of our favorite films we always talk about. Benji Stone says it. He says how much the Peter O'Toole character meant to Alan Swan meant to him. How much it meant to him. He, I saw, you know, uh, you know, you. I need you to do this because you mean so much to me. He's like, I'm just an actor. He's like, you're not that good of an actor. You had some, some of you had to be in there. Nobody's that good of an actor. That's what he says. And you know, it's got to be true. You mean some of those things that Sean Connery. He is James Bond. You you can't act what you don't what you, you you can't act that way if you're not somewhere inside you like James Bond. There has to be something you're where you're getting it from, where you're getting confidence or suaveness. I mean, I could probably act that way, but right, I would be acting that way. I'm you know, you know what I'm saying. But you, you know, you when you're that great and people get it at something you do, there has to be a little piece inside of you that's that way. I mean, that's the thing. Would you say that about a villain? Maybe. I don't know. Billy Zane is probably crazy. <laughs> I don't know why he came to mind. Uh, I don't know, but I'm I'm just looking at a picture of him now when he's young, and you know, he's sitting in that tuxedo at that dinner, where you know, which is just so. I don't know why they don't do that again. Like, um, he's having dinner with me, black tie, 007, and it's just three of them with a servant serving them. That's high-class, awesome movie making. I don't know why they don't put Daniel Craig in those situations. But da- but Sean Connery just looks at place there. Like, he belongs in that meeting, in a black tie meeting with three people. How am I not doing that? How am- I don't know how I haven't had a dinner Black tie, me and Atel <laughs> and Russ. Maneev, that's perfect. We have to have, because Russ will get it. He's a big Bond fan. We have to have a black tie meeting at one of our houses where we're, <laughs> we just have a classy meeting about comedy, but it's black tie and it's just the three of us. Maybe we even go to a restaurant. We have to do it. And we have to record it. <laughs> it has to be that scene. It's so obvious. We need to do it. Atel, I don't need you for dinner. Black tie. It's at my place at 3.30. <laughs> Atel will never do it, but it would be awesome if he did. Good. I'll just get I'll get Natterman. <laughs> oh, my God. This writes itself. I guess I have to wait till after COVID, but. 
I really want to do it badly. I could probably do it at the cellar. You know, so I went to the cellar Wednesday. We went inside. Me and Elon went, sat at the comics table. So sat at the comics table, which I didn't want to do, but whatever. And they finally gave me the discount that I get as a comic. Uh, it's ironic. I've never gotten it before, ironically. I, I, I was so thrilled. But anyway, I tell went on. You know, they have a couple of comics performing. And this guy, I know I've known him for 30 years. I know we have our skirmishes. But, you know, sometimes you forget. And I know I've talked about it on the podcast. But Jesus Christ, if this guy truly isn't the greatest living comic of our time, then I, I then I don't know anything about comedy and just forget everything about the podcast or anything I've told you about TV. I'm telling you, this guy is the best. He's better than Chappelle. He's better than Gaffigan. I mean, he's better. He's better. He's, he's different. He's different. But he's better. I mean, Chappelle knows it too. I mean, this guy, he's got 20 minutes of new material I've never seen before, and it's brilliant. And you're like, what? You know, and, and I'm never sitting like, why didn't I think of that? I'm just like, oh my God, I never would have thought of that. That's more like me. And me and Russ are sitting there like, Jesus Christ. I wrote a couple of things down so I'd remember, and I can't even do him justice. He was talking about early voting. He said he was online, you know, my my voting, uh, where I vote for where I uh, live is uh, the 9-11 Museum. <laughs> so brilliant. And then he was talking about they keep replacing the microphones. Everybody's worried about the microphones. How come nobody's worried about the mic cord? Oh, I'll just put the tip in. It's all right. That's, I mean, you know, whatever he's saying, it's, he's so smart and so brilliant. And you just sit there going like, I, this guy, I just, I'm telling you. He's going to be, you know, and a lot of guys, you get to this age, he's been doing it for 30 years. He's been the best for 30 years. I know he pushes himself. I think that's why he's so uptight and miserable. He pushes himself still to be the best. A lot of guys, when they get older, you know, even the Beatles, they they, they can't create the, that magic anymore. We know for a fact, like somebody like Chevy Chase ain't funny anymore at all. There's a lot of guys that get older, they don't get funny. Well, Attell's still just as brilliant as he was 30 years ago. I mean, just as brilliant. And which leads me to believe, like I've always said, he is going to be a national treasure like Don Rickles. If he lasts until 90, he will always be the shit. He just needs one thing to get recognized. Because remember, like Don Rickles, it's never going to be the performance on TV that you're going to see as genius. It's just not captured. It's only captured live, like how everybody wanted to see Rickles. It's the exact same thing. He's going to be around forever, and he's going to get his due where people are going to realize. I mean, I know we know, and people who like comedy know, but there's a bunch of people out there that aren't seem to getting it yet that he's the man. And his quirky and crazy, and that's the problem. You know, at least Rickles was like a regular human being, but tell so weird. But still, at some point, if he could just be normal for two seconds, he's going to be like a, 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 a national treasure like Rickles, and it might be 20 years from now, which is hilarious. I hope I'm alive to see it. I'm sure I will. God is keeping me alive for some God knows reason. To be continued. Well, that is our show for Election Day, the Election Day special, November 3rd edition, and... Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did bringing it to you. 
And I really hope, uh, well, I guess the next time we meet, I will we have a new president by the next time we meet? I don't know. But if we do, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And we will discuss it like everybody else and uh, see how how this is going to affect the rest of our lives. Because it will. Whatever the decision is, it's going to be interesting. But boy, we got a lot of excitement happening in this week. So uh, don't delay. Uh, remember, this week coming up on the uh, show will be our good friends Alda Namer, Elon Altman, and the beautiful Courtney Davis. For joining us in the week after. We'll have our regular comics the week after that. We are going to have the great Robert Klein, Amy Yazbek, and hopefully David Yazbek. But whatever, the other two are confirmed. And that is Dene Barato. Because I saw Robert Blake on the uh, old Tonight Show episode the other day. Anyway, that's our show for today. I hope everybody's terrific. Uh, tweet me or DM me about uh, movies, maybe on Netflix or something that I should see, that I can get into. And otherwise... I'll see everybody next week, uh, which might be a combo video audio one, and I'll get it right this time, uh, because we are doing it once a month. On the night fly, everybody. See you next time. I was like, nah, I can't even know you look grand, but you look sharp there, smiling hard, suggesting and gleaming away with your hearty, hearty looking tan. But I admit the next bit was spanners, my plan. You walked towards my path, but you just brushed right past and into the arms of that fucking white shirted man. I'm not trying to fool you, even though I would like to. I think you are really fit. You're fit, but my gosh, don't oh, you know it. What do I give a fuck? I got a girlfriend anyway. Oi. Whoa, we've all a bit drink, drunk. Mate. We've had a few. Fair play. I got this Stella I bombed from that last cafe. This night's not even begun. Yes, yes, oh yay. I did fancy you a bit though. Yeah, I must say. I would rather I hadn't mugged myself on display. But this is just another case of female stopping play in an otherwise total result of a holiday. I'm not trying to call you. Even though I would like to I think you are really fit You're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it <laughs> You're fit, but you know it But you know it You're fit, but you know it I think I'm going to fall over I think I'm going to fall out. Fuck it out.